Hello and welcome to this week's edition of My News Web, news from the area of SAP, Microsoft, and the world in between. So let's see what came up this week, last week, perhaps the week before, um, in the area of SAP. And I have um, not that many news, but they are all community related, which I think is really cool. So let's take a look at them. So first of all, a community contribution in the area of SAP's Cloud Foundry offering with respect to proxying to the, the destinations that are available within the SAP Business Technology Platform in a Cloud Foundry sub-account. Um, and there is a quite young, quite fresh project around that topic um, that has been, I think, yeah, committed first committed a week or a bit more than, than a week ago. Um, it's under heavy development, but if you need something like that, so, so a proxy to the destinations within SAP Cloud Platform, um, then this project might be worth a look. And of course, um, if you want to contribute, I think contributions are very, very welcome to that. Now, a second community topic um, around the area of cloud application programming model by, of course, when it comes to the cloud application programming model, Gregor Wolf, who um, also published a blog post um, about that. Um, the, the overall topic is how can I do analytics on top of the support messages that I have within the um, uh, support launch pad or, or however it's called now um, of SAP in order to do some analytics like um, checking if there are uh, some some messages that are kind of sleeping and nobody cares about them how are the the distribution of, of yeah, priorities and so on and so forth and what Gregor did was um, he created kind of a side-by-side -side application making use of the cloud application programming model um, as, a, as a service layer that um, fetches the um, data from SAP One Support Launchpad, that's how it's called, um, replicates it and then exposes them to an uh, Fiori Elements UI that makes use of the analytical capabilities of Fiori mm -hmm. Elements. So um, I think that's quite useful from the from business case per se, um, but it's also quite useful and available on GitHub if you are working in that area. So if you want to, to do a uh, Cap application, uh, hook in some external services and um, expose the information to an um, Fiori Elements analytical UI. So that's, I think, really cool. And of course, contributions welcome, I guess. And then last but not least from the um, SAP area, another contribution by Andre Fischer in the area of um, ABAP Steampunk. As you probably know, um, Andre um, built uh, a RUP generator, which kind of gets you rid of all the, <clears throat> well, messy scaffolding of your project. Um, so, so putting all the bits and pieces in place in order to, to implement your, um, your business logic. And this um, generator has got an update. And I think that's really important, an important update because now you have OData v4 services that are fully draft enabled. And um, well, the, the generator now is able to do that and also is able to generate the draft tables for you. 
So if you're working in the area of this RESTful um, um, ABAP, RESTful application programming model ABAP, um, then this is really um, good news for you. And with that, I'm already through with the news from the, the SAP area, not too much. Um, I'm, I think I didn't miss anything. There is just not that many news around um, SAP at the moment. So uh, let's switch to the Microsoft side of the house. First of all, of course, this week um, there was a huge outage of uh, Microsoft Azure Active Directory, which is kind of the most central service of Microsoft. Um, European customers might not have seen that much uh, personally if they, they have been using Teams or something like that because it was in the night. But of course, if you had services running on, on Azure that relied on Azure Active Directory, well, then you were not that lucky. And if you're interested now in the post-mortem um, analysis, I have referenced that in my show notes. And... Um, yeah, there, there you can see what happened and what Microsoft did in order to mitigate the issues. Quite interesting and quite openly communicated. Now with that, um, yeah, kind of low point in, in the last week, or low light um, in the last week, let's switch to the good news. And there are a lot from the area of Microsoft. Let's start with serverless, of course. Um, there is one... Um, well, video contribution um, in the Azure Friday format that focuses on durable functions and durable functions in Python, um, which came GA, I think, last week. And now there is also a 20-minute video all around that topic. So if you're using Python, if you're using Azure Functions and want to, to dig into durable functions, well, that's, I think, kind of a valid start point. Then... Um, I also referenced uh, the uh, Azure Function Challenge by Mark Drücker, I think in the, in the last two weeks, and now a third video came out with um, um, going on with the description of the solution of this um, support challenge. If you're working in the area of Azure Functions and Durable Functions and Durable Entities, then really watch all those, those videos and take a look at the GitHub repository, because I would state that um, nearly every functionality within the area of <clears throat> Azure Functions and Durable Functions has been used by that example. And it's, it's a real-life example, so it's nothing um, from the lab. It's really something that, from my perspective, is happening in the wild. And uh, with that, to another video um, by, of course, um, Scott Hanselman um, in his series of computer stuff they didn't teach you. And that's all about Azure Static Web Apps, uh, websites. Um, and that's something that I, I think highlighted last week. Um, Azure Static Web Apps, really uh, a cool functionality current, currently in, in public preview. Um, it's completely free. It's completely um, free to host your website there, um, integrated with uh, GitHub Actions and with Azure Functions as APIs in the backend. So this is really a hot topic um, that everyone should look at. And again, if you know Scott Hanselman's videos, then you know that he's really great in explaining things. And um, this is a super valid start point 
for uh, getting started with Azure Static Web Apps. Now there have been also some other um, new releases. Um, one that is brand new, um, it's Durable Function. There is a new Durable Functions release, uh, 2.4.2, uh, which has as a highlight the, the improved concurrency defaults for, for the consumption plan. So if you are having maybe some trouble with um, performance of your Durable Functions, then you should probably test against this new release because this might really um, um, help you out in some, uh, let's say, scenarios. Then there is also a new release of KEDA uh, 2.2.0 with also quite some highlights like um, KEDA is now able to emit Kubernetes events. Performance has also been a topic within the last release and also introducing a new scaler for Microsoft SQL Server. So that's um, also quite interesting. So if you're using this um, Kubernetes-based um, event-driven scaling mechanism, then we'll take a look at the new release. And then there was also something that was, <clears throat> at least for me, a bit surprising. I think I have highlighted Dapper um, that became GA two weeks ago, or the release 1.0 came out two weeks ago. Let's put it that way. Um, is now proposed as an CNCF incubation project. So basically, um, Microsoft, who initiated Dapper, but it's, it's fully open source, fully community driven, now wants to donate that project to Kubernetes. And that would be really cool if that would be happening. So great news for Dapper. Then there are some um, other news from the area of Microsoft. Um, currently, I think Java is getting quite some love by, by Microsoft, especially the Spring Boot area. So there is one blog post that I've referenced in the show notes all around um, enterprise best practices and Azure Spring Cloud reference architectures within Azure. So if you are working with, with Java, with microservices, um, then this reference architectures might help you quite a lot. And there is another blog post um, around chaos engineering. It's a, it's a blog post written in German from the Cloud Native Community blog. And it's all about um, chaos engineering and chaos engineering with the Azure Kubernetes service. So all around um, how to bring down your pods in a quite chaotic way. And well, if, if you're interested in chaos engineering and how to apply, uh, apply that uh, to, to AKS, then well, that's the block to read. Quite interesting. Um, and I, I would really happy to see also something like that for, for Solus. That's super hard to apply, I guess, um, but um, would be interesting to see. Then to, to further topics around, um, well, not, not super sexy, but super important um, when you're working on um, Microsoft Azure. And one thing is uh, tagging, tagging your resources in Azure and yeah, doing the right bookkeeping. That's probably something that nobody likes to do, but is really important to do in order to, well, be able to um, manage your, your Azure resources. And this blog post gives you, gives you a, a first overview about how to, to apply those tags in a reasonable manner and what you can do with that when you have applied those tags. 
And then there is another um, announcement or uh, another general availability of the Azure Resource Mover. So if you um, want to move um, resources between Azure regions, which is quite important for especially bigger enterprises, um, especially when you think about the, the growing uh, number of regions of um, Microsoft Azure, then this um, Azure Resource Mover is uh, quite interesting for you. Now you might say that doesn't sound that complex, but there are some features within the um, Azure Resource Mover that really help you like um, um, analyzing the, the dependencies between the resources so that you don't move your stuff and then everything is broken. So uh, that, that might be really interesting. Okay, with that, I have um, two more topics around um, yeah, the, the world between SAP and Microsoft. Um, the first one is, is a purely Microsoft-based um, information around a project called Naria, um, which was, I think, highlighted during Ignite. And it's all about advancing um, the, the prediction of, of failures within your Azure resources, especially within your let's say, um, infrastructure and mitigation of those, those failures. Um, I think that's really quite new, the project. At least I have first heard of this name in this year's Ignite. Um, and this blog post describes um, how Naria works concerning the, um, the failure prediction and, and how they apply machine learning in order to become better in uh, predicting failures and what they do in order then to, to mitigate that. Um, why did I put that in the area of SAP and Microsoft? Well, because I think that's really interesting when you are running SAP workloads on, um, on Microsoft Azure, because you're heavily relying on VMs, on storage, on disks, and so on and so forth. And um, well, SAP systems are usually mission critical and everything that helps you with keeping them alive longer more and bringing in more resilience i think that's that's something that really helps you so um if you're working in that area so i'm, I'm definitely not an sap basis guy i i'm the, the most far away from that but if you're working in that area then i think you should really watch this project and take a look what what can it apply or where can it help you with your um, SAP resources? And then another blog post by uh, the one and only Tobias Hoffmann around um, SAML 2.0 and automatic redirect to your default IDP when you're using uh, different trusted uh, SAML 2.0 um, identity providers within your SAP system. Um, the, the point is, if you have several um, IDPs provided within your SAP system, before you log in, you get kind of a, a screen before you log in that allows you to switch between the different SAML identity providers. But that's something that you usually do not want. You want your user to be guided to the right one. And this blog post um, will help you to achieve that mission. Once again, uh, really kudos to uh, Tobias Hoffmann with all his blog posts around um, authentication around authorization topics, um, IDPs in the area of SAP. They're really super useful. That's just 
one other example in that area. Now let's come to um, well, the last topic for today. It's a bit shorter edition this week. Um, and that's around tools and user productivity. This week I had the honor to um, participate within an Azure Developer College, which was um, well, quite exhausting to be honest. This was one week um, pedal, to, uh, pedal to the metal um, doing Azure development. And there was one tool that was presented that I wasn't aware of, um, and that's um, jwt.ms, which is a web-based um, tool in order to um, decode your JWT tokens. And um, that's by itself already useful. But what's also super useful is you can then um, also navigate to the claims that are within buried within the token. And um, within this section, you also get explained what is this claim all about. In the, in the token. So that's really super useful if you if you are um, doing uh, the stuff that Tobias Hoffman does a lot or Martin Reppel does a lot around authentication and um, OAuth 2.0 or OpenID. Yeah, with that, um, I'm at the end of today's session of my news wrap. I hope I had some news for you. And um, yeah, with that, I wish you a nice Friday, a nice weekend, and see you next week. Bye.